and welcome to the Mediocre Photography Show. My name's Ben. And my name's Jack. And today we have a podcast episode, don't we? Hurrah. We have a vague idea of what we're going to talk about, but, you know, I don't think we should give too much away, you know? I think we should uh, leave you, the beautiful audience, in a little bit of suspense about the exact Mm. topics. And that's mainly because we don't know where it's going either. No, no, there'll be plenty of tangents, I'm sure. Definitely, definitely. So yeah, um, suppose we should start with how we've been. It's been a month since I've asked you this on screen, or at least I think it's been a month <laughs> since I've asked you how you were anyway. So uh, what's changed? Yeah. What's new? Uh, nothing much really. I've um, just been working, obviously working throughout the lockdown and having to know time to do anything else is um, f- fairly... Mm. That 20-hour contract is uh, pretty intense, hey? Well, yeah, plus the overtime with the understaffing and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's that's good fun. But apart from that, really, it's, it's it's been work, 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 you know. This week has really hit me the in terms of work and having to get up at 4 a.m. every morning. Even though I am working for, like, only four hours a day, the f- 4 a.m. starts are pretty killer. <laughs> Why don't you do something on your way to work then? You know, photograph the sunrise or, you know, photographing in, in that nice light. Ben, what have we been told about sunrises and sunsets, man? As long as you're not photographing just that, you can use the light to <laughs> photograph things yeah, more interestingly. I have um, thought about taking my uh, camera, but the thing is, like, when you wake up at 4am obviously at the minute the sun by the time i get out is already so far up in the sky because of like the longer days and stuff like that but um yeah i have thought about it but the thing is like when i'm going to work i just want to get to work and get out <laughs> i don't know it could be interesting to do something along that topic you know like yeah i i definitely want to there's been projects done quite a lot about commutes and moving yeah. from place to place and photographing purely a journey could be quite interesting for you especially with the more introspective work you're doing at the moment yeah and how much actual work is um affecting that yeah absolutely yeah could be an interesting idea how you uh, so a month has passed a month has passed how have you been i have been well uh i have been doing a ton of research on loads of different topics like the job that I've got at the moment is I've got a lot of free time uh, so it's been really nice and I've really been using that to my advantage and like catching up on all the documentaries that I want to watch catching up on watching all of these you know uh, reading all of these articles on coronavirus and social distancing and the science behind it and bits and pieces like that so I've been absolutely in indulging my thirst for knowledge at the moment which has been great uh photography wise uh i have been up to some stuff as well obviously continuing with the humble misadventures um Mm. work is still being created in fact um i've got some that i need to develop at some point soon um and yeah you know editing down the current work that i've got still trying to nail the sequence on that which i'm not 100 percent happy with but i you know for something that was meant to be just a oh well you know we'll chuck something together and see what happens 
it's actually turning into a more involved project now, which is quite nice. You know, I'm spending more time thinking about it and uh, yeah, potentially it could go somewhere. Um, but the big news is that uh, I mentioned a while ago now that I uh, entered a competition, uh, which I was shortlisted for. I didn't win. Ah. <laughs> um, I was hoping. However, I was, hope, I was I did you. get a judge's commendation. Oh, nice! Um, and I think they said that the textures and printing of my work was highly commendable. What's interesting is that I presented the work to them digitally, so I don't know how they knew that my printing was good. But you know, we take that as we take it. Um, a dub. Take the dub. Yeah. Um, and they did actually say that they were sending me a, a small gift in the post. Ooh. So that could mean anything from a £1,000 studio monitor to, and what it's more likely to be, a USB stick with the company's name on it. However, beggars cannot be choosers. And uh, I would like to thank Ezio for... Uh, putting together a uh, fantastic competition and honestly I was looking through some of the work and credit to the person that won like their photography was really good is it fire well it's also it's also the um the you're getting your work out people have looked at the as I've seen a couple of them the the commendations has your work been posted on the Instagram yeah their, yeah yeah their Instagram oh nice well people have seen that haven't they? well yeah it was really interesting that um I actually had my work published by Izo and I also was featured in Photograd's um, uh, what are they calling it? Oh, their online exhibition that they're doing oh, yeah. um, which is actually going live on Thursday for anyone that's interested and I was featured on both of their pages at the same time and mm. normally on my Instagram, I get maybe like one follower every three days or so. One new follower every three days. Not that I like massively keep track or anything. You know, I just look at it. Like, oh, someone new. Um, <laughs> but on that particular day, I think I got something like 50 or 60 new followers for, just Damn. from being featured. And they're not massive pages. So, mm. yeah, you know, I think that that's some advice for those people that are potentially listening is even if you are entering competitions and you're not winning competitions that exposure pardon the pun, and getting featured it can lead to bigger and better things the only thing to be wary of is don't ever 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 pay to be featured anywhere you know don't as tempting as it is don't pay for likes don't pay for follows stuff like that because nine out of ten times they are scams um and you do need to be a little bit selective with people um claiming that it is going to be legit so i think competitions stuff like that is definitely going to be a better way to go submising (laughs) entering submissions to collectives bits and pieces like that definitely help too yeah well well congratulations on your thank you and uh uh when the small gift i have no idea what it is uh but when the small gift does arrive um then uh i'll post it on the mediocre instagram page so we can all share in ben's glory (laughs) 
I swear to God, if humble. it's like a mouse mat, I'm going to be... Stay humble, It's like going to be so anticlimactic. <laughs> I can, yeah. Or a, mal- a mouse mat actually would be quite cool. I've got cool. a really cool mouse mat, actually. Oh, well. What is it, ISO or ESO? I always say ESO, but that's just because old MacDonald had a farm E-I-E-I-O. E-I-E-I-O, <laughs> I don't know. Um, well, I'll ne- I'll ask them next time I uh, <laughs> yeah when I'm invited to you know their really swanky awards ceremony. Oh, the after party, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but the other thing that I have done this week, which has been quite interesting, was uh, I watched a film which was recommended by Mr. Henderson himself, uh, and that film was uh, Me, Earl, and the Dying Girl. Now, Jack, Banger. I think, Banger of a is film. Uh, a bit of a fan of this film, oh, it's fair to say. It's, it, it, it's my top film, and if you haven't seen it, go watch it. it. Is what are you doing? Definitely worth a watch. Definitely worth a watch. However, I didn't think it wasn't without fault. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Um, now, there are a few things that I noticed. And first of all, I want to say that the film was incredibly powerful and I would absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, still recommend everyone to watch it. But... But I absolutely hated its relationship with death. Well, that's your opinion. (laughs) Moving on. (laughs) I think that it was a ham-fisted... It's. Can we do spoilers? No. What if we say spoilers? We say... Yeah, I guess we could say that. Just make it like really blatantly obvious. I'm about to spoil the movie. If you don't want me to spoil the movie, pause the podcast and watch the movie, or <laughs> fast forward a little bit and then we'll stop. We'll talking put a timestamp up. We'll put a timestamp. Yeah, if up. I remember, I'll put a timestamp up. <laughs> When they were talking about how she wasn't going to Give them time. Give them time to pause it. When they were talking about (laughs) how she wasn't going to die, I was absolutely, like, not convinced by that whatsoever. I think that that was a very, very, very cheap trick. And the reason why it was such a cheap trick was the disease that they gave her. Fucking leukemia. Oh, flipping hell, Ben. It's a film. (laughs) It's not real life. It was well. It, well, it, I think, didn't leave any doubt in my mind. I think that you know, it. If the girl didn't die, what's her name? I can't remember. Rachel. Rachel. If Rachel. Oh my god! I can't believe I nearly forgot that. If Rachel didn't die, I would have felt cheated of a death. However. The nature of the disease that the screenwriters gave her meant that there was no doubt in my mind that she was going to have died. I think the, and for me, that big twist, that big, you know, uh, reveal at the end where she does actually die is um, ruined. And it could have been something so, so, so much more clever. You, you, you think, you think, uh, but remember that. Um... Spoilers, it was Greg's film that killed her. She didn't die just, like, naturally. Obviously, she was going to die. She had stage four cancer, Jack. 
Yeah, but she, I, she didn't. I read it. She didn't die of stage four cancer then and there. It was Greg's film that put her into a coma, and she died of it. It was. I read it as it was a coincidence. It was an inevitability okay. as opposed to. I th- I, th- I thought I I can't remember much about it because I was in tears, but I thought he said something at the end about some sort of epileptic thing. Did he say that in the um, voiceover? I can't remember. Possibly. But I thought, it, yeah, I thought it was something, it was the film that killed her. Right. Okay. I, th- I think the cancer would have obviously killed her in the end, yeah. but I think the point was that Greg's but film killed her. if she had watched it her. healthy, would she have still died? No. Exactly. Uh, yeah, uh, fair enough. Fair um. Enough. So, yeah. So you're bringing, you're bringing science, right? Mm-hmm. Into a fictional story. Yeah. <laughs> it's a film. The thing that it did very well was subvert my expectations in other ways. Um, you know, I've watched enough Star Trek to know that if Mr. Spock puts the MacGuffin in the locker, then that MacGuffin is probably going to be quite important in the next episode or like later on in the same episode. What the film did very well was it placed an awful lot of red herrings with what was important within the narrative and what was not important within the narrative. And it constantly left you guessing which bit is going to come back and be an important point. And uh, with the squirrels, you know, she mentioned the squirrels and how she used to count the squirrels with her dad. Yeah. And then it gets to the end scene. And yep. uh, he realizes that they're all of the squirrels. Yeah. Incredibly also, powerful. The cutting of the books as well. Yeah, the first thing that Greg says when he walks into his room, her room, uh, was about the wallpaper. Books, yeah, and the wallpaper. That's cool. Yeah, just reading everything for you there. Yeah. Um, however, like I say, I think that that big clever twist it just wasn't pulled off as well as it could have been, and I think that because it was such a major point in the film, uh, I was left. a little bit deflated by it i think you know if we're going on the thing of ep- epilepsy and that she had an epileptic fit then yeah absolutely that could have been something that was played off significantly more she was on the road to recovery but still weak right okay, or, yeah. you know he gives this heartfelt speech that convinces her to go back on treatment and it looks like she's getting better and then he comes along and she has the epileptic fit because she's still weak. She dies. I think would have been a lot more powerful thing. Also, the history mm-hmm. teacher saying leukemia is a normally curable disease. <laughs> yeah, but Ben, remember, respect the research. Respect the research. Exactly. Right. Let's move on from that. Um, no, can I just say one of my favorite ever quotes from any film ever is actually in that is is from that film mm-hmm. and it is. When Earl says, when Earl's chewing the pate, and he says, what the hell even is this? This tastes like some funky-ass dog's butthole. That is, like, my favourite line of any film ever. Like, it's so good. Uh, uh, brilliant. Anyway, a great film. Great film, yeah, definitely but worth we a must, watch. Um, yeah. And, yeah, I'm very sorry if you still listen through and we massively spoiled that for you, but we did warn you. Yeah. Uh, so now, Jack, I think we should uh, 
move on to our photo conversations. So uh, I think it's your turn to go first this week. So uh, yeah, I believe it do is. Do crack on. Right, here we go. So the word was uh, redeem, mm-hmm. and um, first thoughts about this word. It's going to be a difficult word for me, but I wanted to keep the self-portrait black and white, one by one. I want to keep consistency, and um, and so I started how I always start these photo conversations is I just Google the word, of course, <laughs> the definition, definition, and um, and uh, the definition. I'm not going to lie, it was a bit. Sh- it was um, paying a price for something in return, which uh, to me sounds really positive, which, again, for me is a bit boring. Yeah. What I didn't realise is apparently it's two different words with two different definitions. It is indeed. You're absolutely correct. And so I looked at that and, oh my God, is redemption's definition so much darker? <laughs> um. Redemption's definition is, from Google, says the action of saving or being saved from sin, error, or evil. Um, and so I immediately, when I read that, thought that's going to be the way I go because it sounds very negative and um, something I can get behind. And the word sin for me, uh, it, it was quite a religious word. And so... Um, I uh, I thought about that and um, I thought about redemption in religion and completely missed out the fact that um, Jesus's crucifixion was, you know, he died for our sins. And so I looked at that and I looked at, there's always the uh, classic, I don't want to say the classic Jesus pose but the uh, yeah the sort of arms out on the cross mm. pose yeah. you know um, I will send you the photo now because I, I just realised I'm just waffling on um, so that's the photo now I uh, looked at Christ the Redeemer because obviously there's redeem in the title of that mm-hmm. and um it turns out that the artist of that said something quite interesting about how Jesus's actions weren't the redemption. It was actually the the arms out that was the the that was what signified redemption. So he believed that Jesus was actually the cross, right, and that the arms out thing was the redemption the sign for redemption <clears throat> okay and so i i went with that and um obviously i wanted to sort of visually have it similar to what i'd done before mm. and um so that that's the fairly plain way of explaining it but i sort i wanted to obviously incorporate um, sort of the mental health side of it. I, I, I wanted to incorporate the mental health side of it um, as that's sort of been a running theme through my work. And so I thought about how I could sort of 
visually show that in the picture. And so I, um, you know, I, I stood there on a stool and afterwards I, I sort of looked at it a bit more and I, sort of, I like the fact that it looks like I'm about to fall forward. Mm. And obviously in my in previous photos, such as, the, well, the gutter one springs to mind, you know, I've, I've got a sort of obsession with falling. Mm. Um, and so maybe, you know, that the, that link to um, to my mental health and sort of falling is, um, you know, I like that about it. Um, the composition for me is, to be honest, I th- when I took the picture, I thought the composition was going to be awful because there was like a lot of distracting features around. Um, but I, I kind of like the composition, the way the floor and the wall to the right and the tree to the left sort of frame me. Yeah. Um, but I very much dislike this image. <laughs> do you? I do not like this image. Um, for me, it's it's too grey. Like in my previous photos, my body especially is sort of I don't want to say popped, but like it, it's the lighting on it been more interesting. Because well, your backlit. There you go. And so if I were to do it again, I'd, I I did try, like, um, I've forgotten which one it was, dodging? Dodging? Burning. Yeah, I did try to dodge the front of my body, but because I was backlit, it looked just completely fucked. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I... Uh, it's an interesting image. It's a tad too obvious for me, mm-hmm. personally. I actually think it would have been better if you were facing away from the camera. Um, I don't particularly like your facial expression in it. No, do you know what it is? Because um, I just said to... I set up, obviously, I I can't have my phone in my hand whilst I'm tapping away, so I asked my brother to um, spam the button. Yeah. And so I didn't know what the hell was going on, but I, yeah, I, I think that's the same. I, that was one of the things that I, I sort of didn't like was the facial expression. Yeah. I don't mind the light, to be brutally honest. I think that it's, you know, it has got an interesting kind of uh, color, uh, not color, but an interesting shade to your um, to your back and to your shoulders and to your hand, particularly mm. as well. gonna sound really harsh do it. it just looks like a boy who's standing on a stool with his arms out yeah i was gonna edit out the stool but i thought mm. oof, cliche much yeah i and so i left the stool because i thought you know it i wanted it to more represent the mental health i think i just got too taken on by the literal yeah i think so um i think if i was to do it I would actually just have you standing up against a wall with your arms out because that's more that sense of being trapped. Yeah. But, okay. you know, I think it's the fact that you're elevated up. Just it gives me that kind of feeling of, I don't know. Uh, I think for what is a better, lack of a better phrase, it feels like it was a little bit rushed. Um, yeah, which you know I can understand because I struggled with this word as well. But yeah, 
I, I, I it definitely, is, it is one of my... it's an interesting one because I think it's, as far as what you have said about it, it is by far one of the more interesting ones, right? But I think it's just, I'm not getting that from the photo. No. I think it's, it's also one one and just another note, note about it is that it's it's not an advert for Top Man. Yeah, I was. Gonna I mention I that hate as well. I hate the fact that I'm not yeah. confident enough to just wear something smaller than a pair of shorts and Top Man boxes. Yeah, but but I, yeah, even if it was just with the shorts on, it would have been fine. But the fact that you can see the line of the see the Top Man yeah, brand, yeah, um, it doesn't definitely doesn't do it any favors it's a, no. because that is the one thing that you immediately look at yeah that's you you yeah you're drawn to it aren't yeah you? um yeah i mean you know it, i think if i were you honestly i would work with the idea and i would just take it again mm. yeah well yeah I, I i do yeah i do want to take it again and maybe maybe you're right with the facing away i think that mm. i like that idea yeah so uh, on to my photo. Now, I'm going to have to make an apology to Jack uh, that you, the viewer, you will see the final result. Uh, however, Jack is not going to. And the reason why is because I haven't developed the film yet. So, um, yeah, sorry, mate, but you're going to be seeing a photo which is similar. Not exactly the same, but it's similar. There was one that I was trying to find, but I can't find it. So this is less similar than I was intending, but we're going to roll with it. And we're going to improvise. Is it sort of same the same explanation or? The expl- explanation remains the same, yeah. Okay. It's just I'm giving you a visual cue. Ah, uh, right. Okay. Okay. So let's start. Redeem was actually a very difficult word for me. Uh, in fact, I would actually go as far to say that this was the most difficult word that I've done so far. And that's even including gutter. And the reason that it was so difficult was, like last week, I didn't really want to be super introspective and risk doxing somebody that I know. So instead, uh, like Jack, I actually thought about what the word redeem meant. My immediate thought was actually to uh, take a photo of uh, Red Dead Redemption. And I actually very seriously considered this. Now, the reason why is, the uh, for those of you that don't know, you have like a goodness scale at the bottom, like a morality meter, and you can either be super evil or super good, or somewhere in the middle. And um, I'm one of these really boring people that always try and keep the goodness meter as far in the good <laughs> as possible. Uh, and that, for me, brings the title true, that I'm redeeming myself, or at least my character, for the senseless killing of literally thousands. And I'm not joking, I actually googled this. On an average playthrough of Red Dead Redemption, you kill thousands of people. Okay? But it's okay because you found Mrs. Adler a mirror. That means nothing to me. I've I've never played the game, but okay, okay, go on. Somebody out there is like laughing their socks off. So then I started thinking about a quote, which I think links to redemption quite well. And the quote is that the road to evil is paved with good intentions. And it's a quote that has rung true for me personally a lot uh, in many, many different situations. I try to do what I think is the right thing, and I end up making the situation a lot worse. 
Now, if we did it right first time, then we wouldn't actually have to redeem ourselves. So this gets me onto the photo, which I'm going to send now. And Jack, can you just imagine that the road is straight, not curly, please? Okay. So, yeah, first of all, I'm back on paths. I know it's a cheap metaphor, but you know what? I'm just going to keep flogging this dead horse until it's given me everything it's got. So the photo that we have is a perfectly straight road. And it is. It, it is a perfectly, perfectly straight, straight road. road. <laughs> and definitely not a curly road. And no, there's no way in hell that we could stray from this road and deviate from our goal. We must stay on this path. However, we can't see what's going on over the horizon. And even though the path is completely straight, the journey leads us onto this false sense of security and it can actually cause significant amounts of upset when you reach your destination and realise that even though you thought you were on the right path, what lies over the horizon isn't what you're expecting to be there. Um, ironically, after I took this photo, I wanted to leave and I walked up the road. I walked all the way up it and then I realised that I was going in the wrong direction and had to walk all the way back down. And as I was doing that, I was like, oh, this actually adds to the metaphor very well. Um, and so it's kind of a loose interpretation of redemption but that's my thought process. That's how I got here. And uh, the photo, I think, worked quite well, um, providing that it gets developed properly, because, again, I haven't seen it yet. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what I've got for you. Um, now, Jack, it's going to be very difficult for you to comment on my photo. Insert Jack voice over here. Yeah. Oh, whoa, crazy. Um, hello, everybody. It's Jack from the future here. Uh, I'm here to review Ben's photo conversation image, uh, which this one was Redeem. Um, I have both the unedited, unedited version and the edited version on my screen right now. And uh, straight off the bat, I prefer the unedited version. Visually, I think it's it's a lot less distracting. Um, you know, in, in the edited version, you've got the blown out highlights. It's a bit too orange. Um, for my liking and I think I prefer the softer shadows and like softer colors in the unedited version <clears throat> um, also I would have if I were to do this I would have cropped out the bush on the bottom right I think that is um, quite distracting I can tell you've sort of obviously with the shadows and stuff like that you've, you've sort of darkened it a little bit but it still is a bit distracting and um, the two pillars as well I think um, if you could have cropped it so they had each had like the same space either side I think that would have um, visually improved it and also maybe contextually um, I think obviously with the straight road thing you had the context of um, you redeem yourself you get back on that straight road I think maybe I don't know, most of the time when you're talking I drift in and out, but now's not the time for that. Um, 
but yeah, visually, uh, those three things, maybe, um, yeah, the highlights are a bit distracting. Bush in the bottom right and cropped it to center. I like the context of the image. Um, the straight road, again, is uh, a context of the word that I would have never thought about. Um, so again, that's very good, and I like the image. So maybe like mine, it might maybe needed like re-editing or um, redoing, uh, but I think it works. And yeah, uh, good image. Now back to the pad. Whoa! 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 Hello, it's uh, future future Jack here. Um, future Jack forgot to pick a new word for the photo conversation so um, I'm here to do that now the introductions are done um, we might as well just do it straight away uh, oh, let me just close that down alright and a three and a two and a one the word is retreat good word If you want to get involved by this in this uh, photo conversation, uh, just upload to Instagram and use the hashtag #immediateconversation to get involved. Uh, you will probably be um, be featured um, on the show, and um, yeah, we'll we'll see you in two weeks. Yeah. Um... Well, thank you for that feedback, Jack. That was uh, very useful. Um, and uh, I would love to discuss it further, but I fear that we are running out of time, and so we have to move on. So now on to the main part of the show. And today we're going to be talking a lot about how social media and internet photographers have influenced the uh, current goings-on in the world. And uh, if you are watching this 20 years in the future, the current goings on in the world is that uh, the world is just recovering from uh, a global pandemic, the coronavirus. And uh, America is currently experiencing mass protests over the uh, unlawful killing of uh, a black man called George Floyd. So... I have some thoughts on this, but I was wondering, Jack, if you would like to start, as this was kind of your idea and your brainchild, and I want to see what uh, direction you go in with this. My, okay. Well, I was probably just going to say the same thing as you. <laughs> no, 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 go ahead, because... No, I, I want to hear what you have to say first, because I think we've said the same thing, but I've written less than you. <laughs> okay. Uh, I very highly doubt that you've gone down the right, the same route as me, um, but let's do this. Oh, God. <laughs> so, the killing of George Floyd. Uh, first of all, absolutely terrible tragedy. Um, to give you a very, very, very loose summary, uh, his death was recorded, so it stemmed from a photograph. Uh, the photograph was then published online and it went viral and this caused uh, widespread protests uh, across mainland US as well as, in fact, the entire world. 
and millions of people rallied up and protest uh, protested um, the, uh, the, the situation and still are to this day absolutely now during these riots there have been numerous accounts on both sides of the picket fence of people doing bad things okay now i'm talking not just police brutality and there has been a systemic problem with that but there has been cases of rioting as well and neither of these are good things now the problem is that if i have taken a photo of somebody doing something bad i publish that on social media as soon as i do that i have lost control of that image and as soon as that happens, one key thing is lost, and that is the context of the image. Okay, And there's a great example of this that I came across on Reddit the other day. And it was a photograph of a young man who was being arrested, and he had his face completely smashed up. Okay, uh, And he posted it on his Twitter, and it got hijacked. And so many people jumped on this. Oh, this was another case of police brutality. Oh, look at this. You know, we haven't solved a single thing. Really getting on their high horse. And this kid had to uh, explain the story afterwards. And he'd explained it in the original post and then had to clarify it. That what had happened was he was being arrested for a crime that he committed. And he openly, committed to commit, uh, openly admitted to committing this crime. And he then decided to run. Uh, and in the, uh, what happened was he, he, he ran away and he fell and he fell on concrete and he smashed his face up. Police came after him and they arrested him. And he said that when he was in police custody, they were really, really nice to him. Even though he tried to run, they didn't abuse him or assault him in any way. They called him an ambulance. They checked him out, made sure that he was okay. And, uh, he ended up the ended the tweet saying, you know, I've got huge respect for all police officers, whether they be black or white, as long as they treat me with respect as well. And that is a classic case of what happens so, so often in this situation is that um, it so quickly spirals out of control and becomes something that it wasn't ever intended to be. Yeah, I think I think that might that's the problem with photos, isn't it? That I think moving image at a time like now is possibly a bit more. It can still like, be taken so quickly out of context. Yeah, but I, I, I a photo, you know, it, it, even more so, I think, because you're not seeing the beginning or the afters. You're literally seeing one shot, and that shot could be the one with the smashed up face, or it could be. It could have been him running away from the police after whatever he did. Um, but no, I think, yeah, as you say, like, photos can have a downside in this sort of situation. Mm. Um, and the other thing that you wanted to talk about was, well, first of all, is there anything you want to add to what I've said there? I think I, I agree with the, the photos being dangerous. Um in in that sense where it doesn't tell the full story um personally i don't i don't, I, I it was obviously a, a photography show podcast but i think that 
I think there's a difference again with you mentioned earlier that the rioting is bad. I don't think the rioting is bad. I think possibly the looting is bad. And I think there might be a difference. Um, I think it's a semantic difference. Rioting is an, unlaw- an, an unlawful protest. Okay, so like a violent a violent protest. A violent, it can be peaceful, but it, when you organise it, you have to organise a protest. You yeah. have to get permission from the correct authorities in order to do it if i went and massed 100 people at my local park right now it would get shut down and that would effectively yeah, be think, defined as a riot they, do you think the organizers could go up to the authorities at a time like this and be like yeah we're gonna hold a protest yeah you reckon that's all absolutely right? and the, I, the police do you reckon i absolutely think that, like... that would do because you're forgetting one very important thing and the document the Americans pride more than any other document in the entire world, and that's their uh, Bill of Amendments and their Bill of Rights. And the First Amendment on that Bill of Rights is you have the right to exercise your freedom of speech. And yeah. if any authorita- authoritarian figure ever denied somebody the right to protest, that would be that person out of a job and actually potentially even facing legal action instantly. And that's something that I do want to clarify. To my knowledge, a lot of the protests that have been organized have been legal and have gone through the correct channels. Um, However, there have been some that have not, and that is the rioting that I mentioned before. Um, You know, looting looting is often a factor of rioting, but... um, and most of the time, the looters are not really involved in the actual riot. They're just looting for their own... Yeah, and I want to cycle sake. back to that later on because I have more points on that. Um, but, yeah. So the next thing that we wanted to talk about is, is everyone being a photographer a good thing? And uh, first of all, uh, again, Jack, I'm going to give you the opportunity to start this start this conversation off. What What do you think? <laughs> Well, I think that uh, obviously for a photographer to uh, watching, you know, photography become easier and easier to access is, is, is difficult. But I guess in a time like this, when people need information um, in terms of, uh, you know, yeah, just information about the riots and what's actually going on and you know photos from anyone is always a massive plus in this in this case um obviously like people with just mobile phones have over the last like few weeks have taken far more important photos than i will ever take Mm. um you know photos that are probably gain more views hits and interest and also change more things than you know my photos ever would but i think that's a good thing i think that you know especially we're not well i'm not at the epicenter of it and so any photo that's sort of shared is is good for people like me as i'm not 
involved. Any photo? It it depends. I I haven't seen. This is going to the sort of social media side no, of it now. On. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't really seen. I've only seen pictures from one side. I haven't seen pictures from the other side. I haven't seen the police there with their photos because their body cams are all turned off. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you know, the pictures I have seen are horrifying, and the the footage that I've seen is horrifying. And I think it is important that people document this because, as you say, like twenty years from now, if anybody's watching this, which I doubt it, but if anybody's watching this, it you know. It's a moment in history. Like this is probably the biggest thing uh, for the, uh, the Black Lives movement. Um, in I don't, I don't really know my history that well, which is probably not a well a bad thing. But yeah, you know, you're documenting history, and any any photo is gonna help. Yes, and. I, I have a note here when I when I was thinking about this. I, I have two notes, actually, that I want to make. And the first one is, again, coming back to this rule of context. And you said, every photo that I see is a positive thing. And every photo that I see, I want to, I want to look at. However, again, you need to be so careful about what people are posting and if it can be spun. By spun, I mean taken out of context or more deliberately, the context being flipped on its head. And I've got two examples of this. There was the guy who got pushed down in New York by the uh, policeman and ended up having a cranial bleed. Oh, that was the old guy, wasn't yeah. it? You can't take that out of context. You know, no. the that, clip that was um, saw there. But I will say that that, that was a video. Yeah, I, again, I'm I'm using photography and video oh, right, interchangeably yeah, yeah. here. Yeah, okay. But that's what I mean, like, videos, they give you... Yeah, I, 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 the before I appreciate after. that, yeah, but yeah. my next point will prove that it's not a perfect system. Right. Okay, what about a video of, of a protester being arrested? Okay, yeah. Well, it, it, yeah, it depends. Yeah, exactly. Because obviously whatever side films it is obviously going to be... It's not even whatever side films it. It's whatever side gets hold of that footage. Okay? Yeah. Let me construct two very different narratives here. This was Dale. Dale was peacefully protesting at an organised an organized demonstration. Uh, a cop thought that he looked the wrong way at him. A cop thought that he was suspicious. A cop thought that he was carrying. And the cop maced him and arrested him. Okay? That's narrative number one. This is narrative number two. And the video can be exactly the same. Narrative number two. This is Dale. Dale is an extremist who's managed to infiltrate this peaceful protest. And Dale wants to cause civil unrest because Dale has bad intentions. And the, reason, and the way that he wants to do that is he's going to stab a police officer. And so Dale pulls out a knife. Police officer sees it for... Dale gets maced, he gets bundled to the ground, and he gets arrested. Now, the thing is that we don't know Dale from Dale in this situation. And often in footage like that, the person is anonymized. 
not through intention of the edit, but anonymized as in you cannot see who they are. Okay? And they could be silenced as well. You may never know their full story. You know, a lot of cases, unfortunately, people lose their lives in this situation. And that can be spun in so many different ways. And that is the real, real risk that you have with um, posting stuff like that online. And to further this point, and and, and I, I should say as well, is that I think that social media has definitely influenced Black Lives Matter movement in a positive way. Okay? But I also know that right-wing extremism is absolutely on the rise. And uh, I was watching a documentary last night and it was saying that it was the quickest rising form of terrorism within all Western countries. And these domestic terrorists, they're watching the riots with great interest. And now obviously they don't like what they see. You know, as far as they're concerned, the people that are protesting are, you know, lesser beings. They're not the supreme white. Um... I've just realized that as I say that, that could also be taken completely out of context. Mm. But we'll move on from that. Um, However, what they also see is we could turn this into a race war. We could uh, help to start the ball rolling on what what their end goal is, which is effectively a, a collapse of society. And it's those white supremacists and those extremists that have been trying to turn these peaceful protests into riots. Uh, But they've also been hijacking footage from both sides to use in order to groom and radicalize other young people into joining terrorist cells. Our anonymous Dale, who's videoed being arrested, his narrative is taken completely in different ways. And I know that those are isolated cases, but they do happen. And there's no way whatsoever that you can protect from that. I could take a clip off YouTube, I can take it into Premiere, I can erase this metadata and I can re-upload it as something completely different. And I can do that in 20 minutes. You know, it's a really, really, really incredibly powerful thing and an incredibly uh, worrying thing that I find more and more. And there's one more point that I want to make, and this is about shock photography and shock images. Now, um, I've done quite a lot of research into this when I was doing my dissertation, and uh, I do have it here. I don't think I'm going to read it, but I want to keep it more on um, more on the topic of the BLM movement. And it's been proven time and time and again that shock images change people's views absolutely no denying that whatsoever you know why do you think that cigarette packets have got photos of shriveled up lungs on them uh why do you think that peter often depicts animals being tortured in their promotional videos okay and I, i was watching a documentary another documentary a different documentary which is called 13th which is on netflix uh which if you're interested in the blm movement and uh the absolute systemic race inequality that has been going on in america since and since its creation then uh definitely give 13th a watch 
Um, and, you know, I recently I watched George Floyd being choked to death. You know, I watched Laquan McDonald, who was an unarmed black man who was running from the police because he was scared, get shot in the back of the head. I watched Philando Castile, who was pulled over for a busted tail life, who was shot in the stomach by a police officer while he was still sat in his car. And you can't watch those videos and then say that there isn't systemic race equality within the United States. But here's the problem, that more and more people are being desensitized to this every single day, right? It's not just video games, but it's just, it's media in general. You know, the first time that I came into contact with George Floyd's death, it was on the six o'clock news on BBC. And the only warning that that report gave was, this report contains footage that some viewers might find distressing. And what that causes is that the amount that it takes to shock someone goes up and then their level of desensitization goes up. And so that shock bar has to be raised even more. And that more shocking footage becomes mainstream. And the more shocking that footage is, the more easily it can be hijacked and spun out of context. Um, and it's terrifying absolutely terrifying what people can do with media and what the media can do in order to spin things in different ways and it works it absolutely works you know there is a reason that incarceration among black people is so much higher than it was uh, throughout white people and that's because black people have been portrayed as criminals for the last 50 years in the United States and shit like that sticks and it takes so 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 much undoing in order to bring black people to the level where they should be which is of course equal to everybody else in the entire world As, well I was going to say that the, the footage and photographs were from America like anything about the protests and the sort of movement is is very important to I don't know about you but it is to me because obviously Devon is is not really known for its diversity I think I, I read somewhere that like it's 90% of Devon or Devon is 90% white mm. And like, that's when like Gypsy and Traveller White, they're in the other 10%. And that's why these photos are so important because I've never, I've never witnessed firsthand racism or police brutality before or anything like that. And so I'm fairly like clean slate about the whole subject. Like there was, there was one black guy in my year at secondary school and I never understood you know he's he's a cool dude and uh, there was actually a, a black guy in the year above and it was his brother <laughs> and so like you know i obviously haven't down in devon we haven't been we haven't been exposed to this sort of thing and uh, you know i i whenever i see any footage i, I just think why why how how can they see them as this but as you explained like the media over the last 50 years has sort of 
change the narrative of you know what the hell's going on but i think that any imagery uh footage or any information is is so so valuable um and again you know just to say that you know social media has been a massive part of that movement and a very important part of it yeah yeah brilliant well i want to finish off with final little words before we call it a day um it's often said that photography is one of the most powerful tools that the world has ever created and the reason for that is that it can hold people accountable you know you look at the horrible weapons of war that we have and you look at everything that everything that goes on but at the end of the day the keys to those horrible weapons of war are held by the people in power the people in power they listen to the people the way that you change the people's mind is through the media is through social media is through images is through video and people often say that photography is truthful and that it's cold hard evidence and to that it is i say that that is complete bullshit <laughs>